Jesus. Nobody like you, Jesus. Nobody like you, Jesus. Nobody like you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. How many is excited to be in church on the first Sunday of a new year? Amen. If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn open to the book of Acts chapter 2. We are going to... I am excited today to announce we're going to be doing a new teaching theme this year. And uh, the teaching theme, I don't know if you have that slide. I don't know if you, you were able to get it to them. I'm going to pull that up real quick, just real, real fast, if we can get it. There you go. We're going to be talking about to be continued. And this is the verses that we're going to be going through uh, here, here this, this morning. I'm going to introduce this theme um, and we're going to talk a little bit more about it. And we're going to talk about in the next maybe three months, six months, a year. I don't know. We'll see how long it goes. Um, myself and several other teachers will be going through. And we're going to be talking about these ten different things that the Book of Acts uh, Church did. And they need to be continued. Amen. Brother, Brother Johnson, if you want to pull up Acts 2.42. Thank you. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things common and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they continued continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart praising God and having favor with all the people and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved and I want to teach us for the, the next little bit in introducing this to be continued why don't you set your Bibles on lift up your hands and let's pray Come on, let's pray all across the building. Jesus, we love you. We glorify you, Lord. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord, for a new day, a new season, a new year, God. Pray, Lord, that you'd help us to take these words, apply them to our lives, God. Help me to teach them. God, help us to learn them and to apply them to our hearts and to our lives. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. Shake your neighbor's hand tell them God bless you. Excited about this next year of teaching. I am a big fan of the Bible. I think I have to be as a pastor and as a preacher, uh, but it's one of my favorite things is systematic teaching. And I, I think that preaching is good, but I think teaching is necessary. So is preaching, because without preaching you can't be saved. That goes without saying. Um, I like to put it this way, uh, that, that preaching is meant to be felt, but teaching is meant to be understood. You can just take the first letter out of each one. Teach is for each. Preach is to reach. So we have different goals in mind when we are doing each of the different things. If I'm teaching, I'm trying to get down to the nitty-gritty. We're trying to dig some things out. We want to understand them. And, and it is in, in, in education that they say repetition is the essence of learning. And the more that something is repeated, when we talk about jobs, when we talk about anything anybody does professionally, uh, the only way you become a professional, any, any way you become a master carpenter or a master painter, or you put your little tagline in there, the only way you do that is through repetition. And, and in education, it's no different. Repetition is the very essence of learning. And it's a little weird because when you come into church, uh, people become like the Epicureans and the Stoics in the book of Acts. They come to hear and to learn of some new thing. 
And, and I, I want to tell you, when it comes to preaching, I always like to try to find a nugget. I always try my best to dig in. Uh, but when it comes to teaching, if I start bringing new, new nuggets, uh, we, we might have to worry. Because <laughs> teaching should be systematic. Teaching should be, uh, it should be historical. It should, be, uh, it should be not be some new, nev- new revelation. Uh, that's, that's how you get in trouble. When you try to teach some new revelation, I got this new revelation, an angel of light came, the devil's transformed into an angel of light, and you end up with the Book of Mormon, and you end up like a Jehovah's Witness where Jesus is just the brother of Michael the archangel, and people uh, people get all crazy and whacked out. Um, but when it comes to teaching, teaching ought to be uh, something that has been said before. Now, it might be said in a different way. It might be presented uh, from a different personality. But teaching ultimately has the same essence behind it, and that is truth. Amen. And so with this, we're going to go through, and I want to talk about uh, 10 things in the next year. We might do 11. We might do a million. I might find more. We'll just see. But we're going to break down each of these. And and today, this is more of an introduction and less of a teaching uh, because I didn't want to take up five hours, and trust me, we could. Um, But... I want to talk about continuation for just a moment. Continuation simply means to carry something on over time. It means to remain. The act of going on, being persistent, an extension of the same, the act of beginning again after stopping. And there are 10 things that I found in just this short passage of scripture and they are 10 principles that the church if it is going to be successful as a truly biblical apostolic church there are 10 avenues in which we need to continue the first is doctrine if you could pull up first timothy 4 and 13 the very first thing the church must continue if we are to stay apostolic if we are to stay truly biblical Christians, because there is no other Christian than an apostolic Christian. Now, we might have titled it different through the years, but the doctrine never changed. When the Bible says they were called Christians first at Antioch, you better believe that they had their doctrine right. When people say, take the Roman road, which is just accept Jesus Christ, your personal Lord and Savior, they are neglecting the fact that the church at Rome was an apostolic church. That everybody he wrote that letter to was already baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost, evidenced by speaking in other tongues, had already repented of their sins. Hallelujah. So if you mess up the doctrine, you miss a lot of what the Bible's really saying. And if you get the doctrine wrong, your foundation is all whacked out. So as an apostolic church, we have to continue in doctrine. 1 Timothy 4 and 13. Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Verse 16. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this, Thou shalt shalt save both thyself and them that hear thee. Doctrine is a theology. It is principles. It is a dogma or a set of beliefs. And the beautiful thing about true apostolic doctrine is that it does not change. Now, we will get into uh, some things through the next little bit. And I'll tell you, we might spend the next year on doctrine alone. And that doctrine, it's going to go a lot deeper than just reading one verse and breaking that one verse down. We're going to go into the doctrine of blood, water, spirit, because salvation, the doctrine of salvation or soteriology, it goes all the way back to Genesis. Amen. Everything we see about sin and salvation will go all the way from Genesis to Revelations. That is the difference between a doctrine and a preference. Doctrines do not change. Preferences do. Cultures do. But doctrine does not. So that means that as it was written to Timothy, that we are to take heed to ourselves and to the doctrine, that we are to give 
uh, we are to give some heed. We're going to take heed and we're going to read, we're going to exhort, and we're going to follow doctrine. As it was said uh, thousands of years ago to a young pastor by the name of Timothy, the very same mandate is for you and I today. Because we might live in a new year, we might live in a different culture, in a different country, we might speak a different language, but doctrine transcends every culture, doctrine transcends every time frame, it transcends every language. I don't care if you speak Arabic, Spanish, English, the doctrine does not change. Amen. We're still going to baptize you in Jesus' name. If you're Spanish, we'll baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ, all right? We're going to get something done. But it's all going to be in the name. We're not going to change the doctrine one bit. Amen. As an apostolic church, we are going to continue in the doctrines. 2 Timothy 3 and 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Where do we get our doctrine? We get it right from this book. I'll say this a million times before I leave this earth. If I ever try to teach you something that's not in this book, you come and talk to me about it first because there might be a misunderstanding. Uh, but if you see that I'm just saying, well, this is doctrine uh, that thou shalt not wear shoes, okay? You come and talk to me, and if there is no misunderstanding, and I sure meant it, and it's not in the Bible, you can vote with your feet and run. Should have got a few amens on that one. Okay, maybe people don't want shoes around here. We're going to... Bless God. I know people, and I've been in churches where they make doctrines out of everything. That is that is what the Bible refers to as doctrines of devils. we got to be careful what our doctrine is. We, are, we might have preferences. That's different. Amen. We might have precepts and principles. Now, those, those right there go all the way back. Amen. We can talk about principles and precepts. God's got a lot of them in the Bible. Uh, but if something's a preference, I'm not going to push that off on you. Amen. Hallelujah. We're going to keep the doctrine and that scripture will pull up and we should be able to find the doctrine all the way through that doctrine if, 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 if it just took accepting Jesus Christ your personal Lord and Savior then if that is accurate our doctrine should be able to show that from Genesis Revelations unfortunately people that use one verse and cherry pick one verse they are they they are they've been lied to I don't know I don't know who told them that they say, a, they say a sinner's prayer. I'm not bashing anybody. They say a sinner's prayer that was never written down in the Bible or even in the front of their Bible that came around with Billy Graham in 1950, and they think that that's doctrine. I'm sorry. What started in 1950 is not doctrine. What started with Joseph Smith is not doctrine. What goes all the way back to Adam and Eve, that's doctrine. Amen. What goes all the way back to Genesis. That's why we can preach and teach tithing. That's why we can preach and teach giving. That's why we can preach and teach uh, sacrifice. We can preach and teach baptism. We can preach and teach blood, water, spirit. Because that that's a doctrine that goes all the way back to Genesis. And you find it all the way in the book of Revelations. And so as an apostolic church, we're going to continue in doctrine. Not preferences. Not ideologies of one, uh, one self-loving individual's mentality uh, I, I have a great personality but I hope you don't follow me for my personality I hope you follow me for my doctrine I don't want people to come to this church because they think I'm a nice guy because eventually I might not be a nice guy I hope you stay because of the doctrine because you've been taught you've been you've been preached to and you know what without a doubt there's one God and there's one way to be saved and there's one Lord one faith one baptism amen 2 Timothy 4 and 2. So we get our doctrine from Scripture. We're going to go more in depth on doctrine in the next uh, little while, and we will go through each doctrine. Amen. 2 Timothy 4 and 2. This is a mandate given. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Repute, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Now, why is doctrine important? Why do we need to continue in doctrine? I'll tell you why we need to continue in doctrine. Because there's coming a day, and now is, where people don't want doctrine. 
where they, the Bible says they will not endure sound doctrine. Uh, and, and sound doctrine can go beyond the Bible. And we talked about this more last week in a little bit. When they don't know male from female, there's a doctrine of life, of natural, uh, uh, of nature. There's a doctrine of nature uh, where, where that is something that you can't, you can't avoid. It is what it is. It's truth. And we've got to be willing to take this and present this because if we don't keep presenting this, it will become harder and harder to find people that want this. Now, I will tell you, uh, there's some people think nobody wants the truth. That's a lie. There is a generation that does not want to endure sound doctrine. But if you keep teaching it and preaching it in season, out of season, when you feel it, when you don't feel it, there will be people that will find that doctrine and say, that's the word of God, and I'm going to obey that. That's the word of God, and I'm going to I'm going to build my family on that. That's the word of God, and we're going to build our entire existence on that word from God. Amen. So we got to continue in doctrine. Brother, why don't you pull up 1 John 1 and 7. 1 John 1 and 7. Another thing that you find in the scriptures, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. And we're going to talk about this. Uh, this is a subject that's been on the minds of people over the last few years. Fellowship means communication, companionship, association, so on and so forth. 1 John 1 and 7. But if we walk in the light, what light is that? Doctrine. As he is in the light, in the correct truth. We have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. We have got to continue in apostolic fellowship. Amen. There's some folks that want to be Amish. That's not the will of God. The Amish, we all know what they're against, but nobody can tell me what they're for. They isolate themselves. God has never called the church to isolation. How are we going to reach the world if we isolate ourselves? But with that being said, when it comes to determining our fellowship, we've got to make sure that our associations are correct. I do not want to be signed up for the local league of churches. Now, I might, I might go and sit down with a pastor or whatever, but I'm going to tell you right now, if he tries to say, well, we're just the same. No, we're not. Hey, this might offend somebody, but if we're going to be apostolic, it's, it's not to be mean. Don't be cruel to anybody. Don't be mean to anybody. But there is a lie that is spread through the apostolic movement. It's called the light doctrine. Mm, I ain't got time to get into this, but let's go into it. That light doctrine says you're saved based on what you know. So the problem with that is why tell people? Why baptize people? Why preach anything? Because if people are saved based on what they know, that avoids and excludes the great commission which says to go and teach all nations. If they're better off being in a, a pygmy in, in another country, not knowing a thing, not knowing anybody around them, and they can just go to heaven, let's leave them alone. If the church down the road is fine the way they are, teaching that there's a trinity, telling people all they got to do is accept Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. Let's just leave them alone. Unfortunately, we've got to know that there's only one way to be saved. And if there's only one way to be saved, we need to tell everybody. Amen. So as a church, we are not going to isolate ourselves from everybody. But I'm going to tell you right now, I have no intentions of associating uh, the church. Now, we can reach somebody. My, my, my dad always put it best. If you're the influence keep influencing. But if they're influencing you, run. I think the same thing's true of the church. If we can influence every church in this in this area and in this region for the doctrine, amen, Feel, people getting filled with the Holy Ghost, people coming into church, not our church going out into the world, amen, we've got to determine our fellowship properly, amen, and, and that's not to be rude to anybody. We're not trying to be mean or say we're better than anybody. I hope this is okay. Uh, but but I'll get to the end of this here in a little bit and tell you why we need to continue in all these things. At the end of it all, there's going to be church growth. Amen. Churches that don't make decisions are churches that don't grow. Churches that do not say, you know what, we're just not going that direction. 
uh, churches that say, well, we'll just, we'll just go with every wind of doctrine. We'll just, man, we'll just go with what everybody says is best, and they're influenced by everybody else. I have traveled the country. I'm telling you, they're not growing. Amen. We've got to be willing to have proper fellowship, and that proper fellowship is when we walk in the light as he is in the light, which means we walk in truth. We don't turn our back on truth. We don't turn our back on truths we've known for years, and now all of a sudden God mustn't change his mind we're in a different generation. We got social media now, so we might as well just throw it away. I'm telling you, listen, uh, we've got to perpetuate this. We've got to continue this. We, we're not doing this to be better than anybody or in a different category than anybody. What we are doing is we want to have a truly apostolic church, and that means we've got to continue. We've got to continue, amen, having proper apostolic fellowship. Acts 2 and 46. Acts 2 and 46 is the fun one right here. Everybody ought to get excited about this one. And they continued daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. They did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. Everybody say food. You know food's in the Bible. Did you know that, that as apostolics we love to eat? Amen. Some folks didn't think food was spiritual, but everything you find from Genesis to Revelation, there's food involved. It started off with some trees that were good for food, and it ends with a great last supper, and we're going to be eating, and there's going to be tortillas in Jesus. Hallelujah. Uh, but if it started this way with food, I know that sounds a little unspiritual, but the truth is, if this thing started with food, I want to tell you the church started with food too. Yeah. And they continue steadfastly, apostle doctrine, uh, fellowship, breaking bread. Yeah. There's some folks that, again, we're talking about isolation. Don't isolate yourself. Well, I don't like them. Well, maybe you just don't know them. And the greatest way to break down the walls of ignorance is to interact. And as a truly apostolic church, you might, you know, the, Jesus put it this way. What thank or what reward do you have if you only invite your friends over to eat? Hallelujah. He said, go out in the highways and byways, invite the halt, the maimed, the lame. He said, invite people that cannot repay you, people that might stink up your home, might make some messes, may not like them. You may, I'm telling you, this is apostolic. It's just as apostolic as doctrine right here. We've got to be people that are willing to sit down at a meal with somebody. Uh, I'll get an amen eventually when we start pulling out the food. I want this church to be fully apostolic. Not apostolic. Not only apostolic to the people we like. Listen, I know what it is to bring people into church that that literally stunk my car up for a week afterwards. You think I'm kidding. There are I, you can ask some people back home. I have brought them in my car, used Febreze, prayed over it, <laughs> done everything good. But I made sure to buy them a meal as well. Hey, they may not be saved today, but I tried. And I was trying to be apostolic. And part of that breaking of bread is when we talk about community. This is where Paul later starts talking about communion. And later this year, we will be taking communion for those that have questions. Uh, we don't want to do anything half-hearted, half-baked. We want to do it right. Amen. And we didn't have enough time to get it done right. And so we won't do it until we can. But this is where we get the word communion. And this is what he's talking about. Communion is not a stale wafer you take at church. I know y'all love that stale wafer. Hallelujah. There's some folks look for the biggest wafer, too. I don't know what's going on with you folks. Like, just grab the small one, grab a little grape juice, we all right. Amen. But but part of this breaking of bread is, is being in communion one with another. Okay, this is... This goes along the lines of fellowship, but fellowship is, is, is really going a little deeper, and that's talking about what our association is, okay? What fellowship has light with darkness? Um, and, and again, this is not talking about trying to reach a sinner. This is a sinner reaching you, right? We know the people that are always off. Uh, they don't come to church stuff, but they'll go to all their parties at work. That's, that's the wrong kind of fellowship. But breaking bread is when you can come into church, and, and I, I'm telling you, before it's all said and done, we are going to eat until Jesus comes. I'm, gonna, I'm telling you, we're going to have a church here that fellowships the socks off of people. I don't want any visitor to walk through this door and not get at least five invites to go out to eat. Somebody say amen. Anybody. Blink at me. Hallelujah. 
I know that sounds foreign to some people. It's going to cost you money. It's going to cost you a cheeseburger. But if they go to heaven, was it worth it? If they go to heaven, was it apostolic? Yes, because apostolic is something we need to be, and breaking bread is something we need to continue. Acts 1 and 14. See, there's some folks, as you turn into that, there's some folks like all the spiritual, but they don't like any of the physical. They like all the supernatural, but nobody wants to do the natural. Did you know a cheeseburger can be very supernatural? Yeah. A ride to church can be very supernatural. I can't tell you how many cheeseburgers. That was the only meal I was going to eat that week. Yeah. That was the only that was the only way I was going to get to church. Somebody, somebody picked me up and drove me. Now, it's easy to see me now and say, man, I'd give him a ride. He looks like a nice, presentable person. But what about a kid, 13 years old? This is this is some, this right here is where we need to teach right here, and we're going to go in for weeks on this. You better believe it. Uh, until until as a church, this is in our culture. Until until we have to, visitors better be fighting off. Who invites them out to eat first? Amen. That's the culture we have to have as an apostolic church, and that doesn't always mean you take them out to eat. Maybe you invite them your home. Maybe you just man. We might have. I know it sounds charismatic, but I don't have any problem with coffee and donuts. Just don't bring them in the sanctuary. But if, if it's going to take a donut to get somebody to heaven, let's do it. Everybody on board with that? Amen. Whether you're not or whether you are or not, we're going to do something. We're going to do something. We're going to break bread until Jesus comes because he's the bread of life. Hallelujah. Uh, Acts 1 and 14. Here comes the spiritual for all the folks that don't like the physical. Hallelujah. And the Bible says, these all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. When we talk about continuing and being fully apostolic, we cannot do that without prayer and devotions. We have got to be a praying church. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. In other words, part of revival, part of God coming and touching a city, there's got to be people praying. There's got to be. We've got to have people praying. And that does not just mean at church. That means at home. So when we get into this, this, this session of it, we're going to go into all sorts of stuff, Brother Reyes. We're going to talk about private devotions. Because uh, you'll find there's multiple different types of prayer. There's private prayer and there's public prayer. Amen. Uh, there's times that you pray about things by yourself. Don't shout it out at church. You got some issues medically. We don't need to hear exactly the details. Maybe just say we need a prayer for medical help. Uh, I know people that have done that. And there's things that we need to turn around and pray about in public. We need to pray for revival in private and public. There's some things that are interchangeable. Amen. You'll find that they 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 went and they prayed. Jesus went off to him by himself to pray. And you'll find that they gathered together to pray. So we've got to know that as a church, we've got to come together and pray. But we've also have to have people that will go home and pray. Hallelujah. Because devotions and prayer are something we need to continue as an apostolic church. Amen. Mark 16 and 20. So we're going to talk about fasting, prayer. Uh, we might even do a, a prayer chain, something like that. Whatever we got to do to get people kick-started. Uh, if it's one meal a day for the first little bit. We, we just... At the end of the day, some people think if you don't do a lot, you're not doing anything. But I want, I want to, I just want to throw that under the bus. As long as you're doing something, you're doing something. Just do something. If you got five minutes to pray, it's better than not praying at all. Mark 16 and 20. And they went forth and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. As an apostolic church, we believe that miracles, signs, and wonders are still in effect today. I said, we still believe God heals. We still believe God delivers. We still believe that God will show himself strong. We still believe God heals cancer. We still believe God heals a cold. We still believe that God can heal the flu, and we still believe God can heal any disease that doctors can name. Amen. 
There are people that will try to say, well, and this is really what happens. Because they've never seen it, they don't believe it. But faith is not something you see, it's something you are. It's we walk by faith and not by sight. It is not a feeling, it is not something you see. Uh, Jesus would say, according to, according to your faith, be it done unto you. And Jesus healed, we find that through the scriptures. Uh, has anybody ever seen God perform a miracle? Raise your hand. Okay, who has not? Go ahead, don't, don't be ashamed if you've not seen God perform a miracle. Raise your hand. Nobody's going, okay, no, you are. There's some folks that didn't raise their hand on the first one. I'll accept that as a raised hand right now. If you haven't, get ready. Let me say it again. If you haven't, get ready. If you have not seen God perform a miracle, get your faith ready. Get your faith ready because the rest of us have seen it. And if God ever did it once, God can do it again. We don't believe God changes. In this, we're going to talk about the fact, Mark 16 and 16, these signs shall follow the pastor. These signs shall follow the good people. These signs shall follow the rich people, the poor people. These signs shall follow them that believe. Verse 17, I'm sorry. 16 is when you're baptized. we got to get into that another time. That's doctrine right there. But this is doctrine too. And these signs shall follow them that believe. How? In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. Go on, verse 18. They shall take up serpents. That's not talking about handling serpents. Just so you all know. We're going to get to that another time. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not harm them. That does not mean go drink alcohol and poison your kidneys and think God's going to take care of you. Uh, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and nothing's going to happen. Because, you know, I mean, that's you know, what I say that this don't follow. It only follows the apostles. No. Them that believe in his name, and they shall recover. As a truly apostolic church, we believe God heals. We believe God delivers. We believe in the gifts of the Spirit. We're going to get into that. There's nine gifts of the Spirit. We also believe in the fruits of the Spirit. We're going to get into that too. Uh, there's nine fruits. You better be just as fruitful as you are gifted, but that's another story for another time. Um, but in this, as an apostolic church, we believe God heals. If you're sick in your body, amen. If you're contagious, we'll pray from a distance. You stay home, amen. But if you are sick and you need prayer, please come to the church. We will pray for you. There's some cards in the back. Uh, if you fill it out, uh, if you text me, uh, we're going to get to it. Uh, but I prefer if you fill out that card, turn it in. Brother Reyes or whoever's doing announcements will make that prayer. If you have an immediate need, I want you to feel free. When we're getting ready to pray, you can come up to the front. We'll lay hands on you. The Bible talks about anointing them with oil. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord will raise them. We got more doctrine than you got time on this. Because God's a healer. God's a healer. So we're going to be. We're going to be talking about signs, wonders, miracles, and the gifts of the Spirit uh, this year uh, because we believe that. But we also are going to talk about doing things decently and in order. Hallelujah. Go ahead, 2 Corinthians 9 and 6. Go. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man, according as he has purposed in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. To be truly apostolic, you found it in Acts chapter 2. They didn't wait. They didn't wait more than just a few moments of receiving the Holy Ghost. The Bible says they started giving. If you get the Holy Ghost, you're going to be a giver. I don't believe that people have really prayed through if they're only takers. You mark it down. I'm a giver. I'm a giver. I've told my wife, no matter what, we're, if you're having a trial, give your way out. You don't know how you're going to pay your bills? I've been there, done that, got the T-shirt more times than I'd like to count. I gave my way out. I believe in giving. I believe giving is apostolic. I am not the guy that likes to talk about money a lot. Somebody say amen. I know guys that talk about it every week, all they can talk about. I just believe God loves a cheerful giver. I, I Listen, if you want to give grudgingly, please Go spend it somewhere else. Yeah, go go take your money and go do whatever you want with it because it ain't blessed anyways. You just take it because we don't. I'll never forget my pastor wife told a story. Uh, they had just got this book in. They barely been there. They had sold their they had sold their trailer. They lived in a duplex. They were just like struggle city. And and this lady came up was like, here you go. And handed her a, 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 an offering. 
here you go, you know, like just really mean. Said a few more things I won't say. Um, you know what she did? She took it and said, take it back. We don't want it. Now, listen, they needed milk. They needed baby formula. They needed a lot of things. But I'm going to tell you, I will stand on that firmly as the pastor. You are grudgingly, keep it. Please, go go to the casino. Hope it loses everything. No, I'm just kidding. But but ultimately, we got to be cheerful. The Bible says that they just distributed as everybody had need. And I want to say giving is not just something you do at church. Oh, we ain't going to get into this right now. I might as well. Given's a lifestyle. It's what you are. If you see your brother or sister in need of something, don't say, be warm, be fed. If you see your brother in need of something, amen, you go ahead, and if you fe- if you feel it, get him a coat. Do whatever you got to do. Now, I understand that there's, there's so many needs out there, but if we can take care of anybody, let's take care of our own. What you wish you could do for all, do for one. Amen. Amen. Because giving something we need to continue. It is apostolic. Giving is a lifestyle. We're going to give it our jobs. We're going to give of our time, of our energy, of our money. We're going to give of our resources. Uh, we're going to give of our talents, of our abilities. Giving goes beyond money. And uh, and I've often found people that won't give one, won't give any of the others either. So we're going to start. We're going to do that. We're going to teach about that as well. Acts 2 and 46, coming down the home stretch here. And then I'll list these for those that like to take notes. And we will get into all of these in depth. Somebody said amen. Acts 2 and 46. And they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. Can I tell you something we need to continue? Going to church. Thankfully, I don't have to talk to anybody here about that. Everybody's here at church. But let me tell you how we're going to go to church. In unity. Hallelujah. We're going to go to church with with one accord. We're going to have singleness of heart. What's our heartbeat? To win souls and to love God. Our, our, our heartbeat is we want to worship God with everything we've got, and we want to win our brother. We want to baptize people in Jesus' name. We want to see people filled with the Holy Ghost. We want to see churches spread all across this region. Amen? But it's going to take people coming to church in unity. Uh, you know, there's some folks that don't think that they matter. But I'm going to tell you, church is never the same without you. Now, I understand we've already talked about it before. I'll talk about it a million more times. If you need a vacation, go on vacation. Have a good time. Amen. Go off. Enjoy your time. Uh, get a modest tan. <laughs> you know, and, 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 and enjoy it. But when it's time to be in church, come with your mind ready. Come with your heart ready. Come with, we're going to have a revival. We're going to have a powerful move of God. God's about to. I'm just excited that God's going to heal somebody. God's going to deliver somebody. Somebody's going to get the Holy Ghost. That's the kind of mentality we're going to have when we come to church. Amen. And uh, Acts 3 and 8. But this is also how we're going to come to church. And he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. To be truly apostolic. You gotta be a praiser and a worshiper. Well, I don't think that's necessary. Said the Catholic and the Baptist for the last few hundred years. But the Apostolic Church, they were leaping and praising God. Hey, you wanna talk about apostolic worship and praise? David worshiped so exuberantly, he danced his clothes off. Now, don't do that. Come on, we preach modest here. Danced his kingly robe off. That's really what it was saying. In other words, I don't care what position you have. If you're not a worshiper, you better get ready. That position's coming off you one way or another. God will take it if you won't take it off. Because that was a problem with Saul. Saul never worshiped God. Uh, that's why his daughter looked down on David for doing it and said, You made a fool of yourself because she didn't understand worship. And those that don't worship never understand worship. Don't let anybody tell you to sit down, shut up, and be quiet when it comes to praising God. Amen. Amen. Because as an apostolic church, we need to continue in exuberant praise and worship. Now, we might be on our face one service. We might be jumping and swinging from the non-existent chandelier. We'll be swinging from that right there, uh, from the projector. But, brother, we're going to have a Holy Ghost move. 
And people that were locked up are going to start like Paul and Silas in a prison cell when they started praising God. Everybody got free. Somebody praise him. But we're going to be an apostolic church in praise and worship. Now, we're going to talk more in depth about this. Please, if you're going to run, we're going to set a, we're going to set a little strip down. The, I'm kidding. Run in one direction because I've seen too many wrecks and crashes in church. Uh, watch where you're going. Oh, I'm just in the spirit, brother. No, you're not. You're blind. Watch where you're going because there's somebody that you might wreck into. Yeah, I never thought when I got saved I'd have to learn karate. See, we're blessed. We got a nice little altar here, area here, but back home we didn't have that. And uh, I remember standing here. I'm off on tangents. It's all right. We're just introducing something here today. We'll get more. We'll let you next time when you teach them. We'll let you go a little more in depth. But, uh, but, but here I'm standing here, and, and like the altar's like right here. And we had this one brother who was like six foot four and had arms about as tall as he was. You know, when you can tie your shoes while walking down the street. You know what I'm talking about? Some of y'all are that person. And, and, you know, it's always that person that's the lankiest, that likes to give the most. And I thank God for it. But, brother, he was swinging. I was brand new in church. I was, just, I was really worshiping God real powerful. <laughs> real intense right here. This is me living for God. And he was just going in, just legs out, arms out. And I was blocking here, blocking there. I got hit in the stomach, went down, hit in the face. I was down. God was like, finish him, you know. But I'm telling you, hey, watch where you're going when you worship. Worship with whatever thing you got. That's awesome. Love God, but please look where you're going. Amen. I will say, I'll say more about that another time. Hallelujah. Acts 16 and 14. Is this all right? All right. All right. I know that I like to throw a little humor in there because some people, they just, you go too serious, they shut down on you. Amen. Acts 16 and 14. And a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple of the city of Thyatira, which worshiped God, heard us, whose heart the Lord opened, that she attended unto the things which were spoken of Paul. Now the Bible lets us know they continued steadfast apostles are breaking bread, so on and so forth. And the Bible lets us know that they were praising God. Verse 47, that's what we just talked about. This praise is important. Uh, they never stopped praising, and we will never stop praising. But the Bible says, and having favor with all the people. And we're going to talk more about this in depth, but we're going to talk about favor with God and man. Some people think all I need is favor with God. Wrong. Let's go there for a minute. Favor with God's all I need, brother. You need favor with God and man. Jesus increased in favor with God and man. Okay? Because you you got to realize that we are we are in this earth but not of it. In other words, you will have you'll probably have either a boss or you'll have somebody hire you for a job. And what do you need? You need God's favor, absolutely. But you also need that person's favor. The Bible talks about making, being wise and making friends of the mammon. What is the word mammon? It's, it's literally what they would call the God of money. Saying make friends of those that have money. Now, it's not saying be, uh, be somebody who just sucks up to everybody. But it's saying that in the event that others cast you out, those people that you have got favor with will take you in. Hallelujah. Amen. And so, just one second. finish this and then we'll pray here in a minute and we'll come to a close right now we need to have favor with God and with man okay that means that we are first off we live in the state capital so you never know who you're going to be sitting next to at Denny's be a good witness uh, you might be sitting next to a senator uh, who may not agree with the views you have but guess what you might be able to have a Bible study with them uh, they might be able to be the one that approves us for a building mm-hmm 
Do not, please, I'm going to talk about this more in the future. Do not give a bad taste in the mouth of anybody on behalf of the church. If you're going to slap the church name on it, it better come through us first. Okay? Everything ought to be excellent. Okay? Let me talk about this for just a moment. Social media. Everybody thinks they have a platform. You don't. You have a social media account. You need to be very careful with your social media account. This is not, this is, this is just in general, not for anybody in particular. Everybody has, people will look and see where you go to church. Okay, this goes from being Christian, well, that's, that goes without saying. Please, don't repost something that has cuss words in the title. If it has something that is not apostolic, not Christian, not good, please don't repost it. But I like the quote. Well, then copy the quote, put it on your own thing, and post it. Okay? There, there are people that genuinely don't know how to work social media. This is a new part of this generation. We've got to navigate properly. But I've seen people lose their witness on social media. Preachers. We can all see what you like and what you follow. If you wouldn't watch it, go to it, pay for it, don't follow it, don't like it. We'll do that another time. How about that? But but be a good witness. Get good. Have good 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 dealings. Have favor with God and with man. Amen. What do you say? Acts five and fourteen. We'll end here. This is a result of continuing these things. I just talked about it briefly. We're going to go more in detail. We're going to go through doctrine. We're going to go through baptism. We're going to go through holiness. We're going to go through all of this through the next year. We're going to have a great time. I think it's going to be a wonderful opportunity. Bring guests, bring visitors. I think people have questions. People want to know. They want to know what the Bible says. Uh, I'm not. I'm not scared of what we preach or teach. It's in the Bible. You know, it's in the Bible. We shouldn't be scared of it. The best defense for a lion is let him out of the cage. Best defense for truth, let it out of the cage. Let it speak for itself. Acts five and fourteen. And believers were the more added to the Lord multitudes, both men and women. And the Bible says after they got favor with, with the people that the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. In other words, if we continue in these things, we will have church growth. And let me put it this way. Some people go, well, pastor, I don't understand why you're doing that. That's okay. If you don't understand why I've made a decision or why we do something, please ask me. Because I've been in a church that was just like this before it became what it is. And I'm looking at hindsight, and I, sometimes I forget some people have not seen the end result. Now, we're not duplicating other people's stuff. That's not what we're doing. We're going to be our own thing. We're not putting on Saul's armor. But I am telling you, I've seen what God can do, and I'm believing I'm seeing what God will do. Amen? And so I'm, I'm looking at it from this vantage point. Saying, okay, we just, I remember when we were there, we just need to move this, and we'll do this, and some people will be standing from this vantage point going, all they see is the mountain in front of them and going, I don't understand. It doesn't make sense, right? Well, if you don't understand, come talk to me. I'll maybe give you a little understanding. This is why we want to do it this way, because X, Y, and Z. And if I don't have a good enough reason, maybe we won't do it. Maybe you've got a good point. Amen? But the end result of continuing in these apostolic church uh, principles, if I can put it this way, if the, the, the benefit is it equals church growth. If one plus one equals two, then we need to add one and one together to get two again. In other words, if the church grew then by doing some simple things, what do you say? We just continue in the, what the apostles did. Amen. It might be a little different of a spin because we're in the 21st century. Amen. Uh, we're we're going to have to do things a little different because of where we're at location-wise. Uh, but I'm going to tell you right now, we're going to continue as best as we can, as close as this, as we can. And I'm going to tell you what happened. God adds to the church. I've already preached about it from the very beginning. When the church gets the atmosphere right, God will start adding people. When Jesus, when it was noise abroad that Jesus was in the house, everybody showed up. Some people going, well, we got a lot of empty seats right now. Don't worry about the empty seats. Just worry about what you're doing in your seat. And if you fix what's going on in your seat, I promise you, every other seat will be full. Let's stand. Let's stand all across the building. Why don't you lift up your hands and let's pray.
Let's pray. Come on, that's it. Let's pray. God, help us to continue steadfastly, Lord, with, with, with duty, with passion, with devotion. Hallelujah, Lord. I believe you've got great plans for, for our church here. I believe you're going to do incredible things. And God, we've only seen just the beginning of what you're going to do. And God, we are, we are excited. We are ready for what you have for us, God. Help us, Lord, to assimilate, God, to get our doctrine right, God. I pray that, that we would continue in the doctrine, Jesus. I pray right now, Lord, that we would continue, amen, in fellowship, keeping connections correct and proper. I pray, God, help us to, to come together, amen, in breaking of bread and communion one with another and prayer and in signs and wonders with giving, Lord. I pray, help us to continue in unity and in worship together as one body of believers. God, give us favor in this city, God. There's somebody that owns a building, God, that they, they might just give it to us, God, if you'll give us the favor. And we're believing you, Lord, for favor in this city. And God, we're praying for souls to be added daily, not Sundays only, not Wednesdays only, but daily daily God as we continue in the name of Jesus man right now we're gonna go to a time of prayer if you need to get a drink of water you can but before we do that uh, we're gonna pray for our young people to give everybody an update uh, the young people are coming over uh, we made them stay in Lodi some people didn't understand why I did that uh, it's because it would give them the best possibility to go either of three routes some people thought I was just crazy for doing that I was trying to give them best of three routes so they could choose okay um, so they were coming over. The best time would be for them to start coming over about two or three hours ago, and they started coming over. Uh, but right now, the roads are kind of getting shut down, and so they, they've just pulled off to the side of the road. Everybody's good. No problems. Uh, the thing about social media, again, you're going to hear a lot of things, but we just need the facts. They're doing good. Everybody's excited. Uh, young people are, are, are probably having a good old snow day. Um, but... For now, they are they are going to be up on, let's see, uh, they're right before Truckee. So they're right before Truckee. They're not too far from home. Uh, and so uh, probably after service, myself, Brother Diaz, uh, if you're still down for that, I got an all-wheel drive vehicle. Maybe if somebody else has an all-wheel drive vehicle, um, we can go and just take a little caravan, pick up all our crew. We got about 15 people to grab. We'll go grab the bus later. Actually, we'll have about 17 people because uh, they won't they won't allow uh, Brother, 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 uh, Deathridge to go either so um, but either way we'll figure that out later but let's pray for them right now uh, they're in good condition everything's fine but let's pray for them uh, that they'd enjoy their time while they're there for now and let's pray that God would bring them home safely in Jesus name let's pray God we love you